perspective. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian, joined by my co-host... The Blue Wizard. And before we introduce our guests, plural, I'd like to take a moment to tell you about our sponsor for today's episode, Ratty and Cantati. Just go to rattyincantati.com. There you can find Against the Gray by Secret Table, a system agnostic adventure about anthropomorphic animals taking up arms to defend the forest against the greed of the gray. And I will make sure that there is a link to Ratty and Cantati and Against the Gray in the show notes for today's episode. But we have two guests here today that have been working on one project that I think is really awesome. I'm a big fan of. If you've listened Super to cool. the old... Oh, yeah. If you've listened to the old Wobblies and Wizards podcast much, you've probably heard it on there because we've talked to, well, one of the creators here today on there a few times, as well as uh, talked about this game a bit. And that game is basic fantasy role-playing game. And we have joining us today are the author of the basic fantasy role-playing game, Chris Gonerman. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And we are also joined today by James Lemon, editor and production director of the basic role playing, um, basic fantasy role playing game. <laughs> Welcome. Good morning. Good morning. Good Thank you for having me. It's it's good to have you. It's good to have you. I'm excited to have both of you here because y'all have been working on this for. Well, this has been out there for a few years. Like I, I don't know how when, when did basic fantasy role playing game first come out as a as a project. Was it 2006? It started as a project in 2006. I released the first public version, which would be the R6 version, early in 2006. And it wasn't until early in 2007 we were in print. And this is a bit different than other games. Um, just in the model you've put it together is more community-driven. And the way you've released it, could you talk uh, tell a little bit about some of that, how you differ from, let's say, like like Dungeons & Dragons, who, which Hasbro puts out, or some of the stuff that Chaosium puts out and stuff like that? Well, it was, it was always meant to be a community project. It was something I was accustomed to. I worked with the Dragon's Foot team years ago. That was where I learned the art of layout, which... Apparently, is a black art because hardly anybody can do it. <laughs> At least in in the space I'm in, hardly anybody has the skill. It's pretty rare. Uh, it was always meant to be a community project. I always I requested, asked for any assistance anybody wanted to give me from day one, basically. Um, and James, I don't remember when you came along. Uh, I was looking. I had to sign back into the forum. Uh, officially, I joined the Basic Fantasy forum in August of 2011. Uh, I'm trying to think, I mean, when I first started hearing about the OSR, it was probably in 09 or 10, uh, visiting sites, so probably uh, Dragon's Foot was probably where I visited a lot, as well as some of the bigger blogs like Grognardia and Tinkar's Tavern, and so probably back then didn't take long, as there certainly weren't as many clones back then, to get word of Basic Fantasy browsing over the forum and then officially joining, uh, and it was quite a few years before I officially really contributed just like everybody else uh enjoying all the free downloads checking out that game versus some of the other popular retro clones so let's talk for a minute i want a real quick question because some folks may be listening a lot of folks do know about the osr but we've been picking up newer listeners getting into stuff so could you tell us what the osr just in brief i mean i'm sure they can have whole episodes of what the osr is but what a retro clone is what the OSR is and how this is similar to or different than some other games folks may be familiar with. We were, we were OSR before the term OSR existed. 
in 2006, when I released the uh, shortly after I released the first public versions of uh, of Basic Fantasy, Osric came out. Mm-hmm. Not too long after that, um, I think it was uh, Labyrinth Lord and then Swords and Wizardry. But if I have that backwards, I apologize to both. For a while there, we were it. The four of us were the only retro clones out there. And in fact, if you look at Dragon's Foot, the forum they have reserved for us is called Simulacrum Games. The guys on Dragon's Foot didn't like the term retro clone. They didn't like it. So they they went with Simulacrum Game instead. But, <laughs> you know, it was, a, it, was a, it was a new thing. No one had really ever done before. Replicating the, the style and the look and the feel and as much as possible the mechanics of classic games. Oh, and that I say that 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 terminology did not stick, unfortunately. Sim, sim, simulacrum, you said. Yeah, simulacrum. Which, if you are familiar, Dragonsfoot is a, is a first edition AD and D forum. If you're familiar with first edition AD and D, simulacrum makes a uh, around fifty percent memory accurate physical duplicate of somebody out of a snowman. <laughs> uh, they're not real, and when you kill them, they melt. Uh, they're 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 not real. So that the whole point of this was versus a clone game, which from their perspective would would have been much more accurate. A clone is exactly like the original, and you if you have if you create a clone in first edition AD and D of a living person, then the clone and the living person instantly know each other exist and want to kill each other. Because <laughs> um, there can only be one, apparently. But anyway, that's um, that's uh, that was the deal. We were there before the OSR. We coined the terms um, retro clone and simulacrum game. Uh, I say we, not just me personally, but the the smaller community of of creators that existed then. And then it, I kind of turned my back and looked the other way, and it exploded in their OSR games everywhere. So. <laughs> Well, I think Dragon's Foot may have been the place that I actually found or discovered a uh, basic fantasy role-playing game for the first time, but I can't say that for certain. <laughs> I don't remember I don't remember when the forum really took over, when our forum really took over. We we did development on Dragon's Foot for quite a while and then as I started moving development over to my own forum, I continued updating there for a little while. Well, there's something there I'd like to talk about briefly because a lot of folks interact on larger social media platforms now and things like that in Discord, but you all have a pretty active message board over there on your site that people are interacting with and organizing to create this uh, together in the community here that you have. Is that correct? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Yes, and particularly for me, I'm pretty old school. Uh, that's pretty much the only uh, method that I primarily interact besides email. I do not have any other social media per se. And I I think it would be great to see folks making a return back to message boards and stuff like that as central places to organize whatever it is they're doing, just because I think that it's better to have less, you know, of those large corporations that have all of our information oh, and communication. With, uh, with Twitter on fire and Reddit shooting itself <laughs> in the foot, I think you're going to see that happening by default coming soon. <laughs> But- well, we always encourage, of course, if folks have any suggestions or questions, the best way to reach us is on the forums. And of course, th- our biggest strength, uh, the collaboration and c- contributing new stuff, the forums will always be the best way to share material, help us, help them, things like that. Certainly, it is the easiest and still best way to do that. And the thing about this is, because there are people still that send me messages on Facebook to tell me how much they hate forums. I'm, I'm sorry, folks. The thing about the forum is the forum has a memory. The forum remembers everything. And we don't, we're not beholden to somebody else. 
I have copies of the data. I can download the database any, anytime I want to. The information is all there. It is preserved. And you run the server itself. Right. If you put uh, if you put this stuff out on Facebook or Twitter or wherever, you'll never find it again. Conversations on Twitter are ephemeral. And even Facebook conversations can be difficult to track down. I mean, if you really want to ruin somebody's political career, you know, you spend a few hours digging, you'll find something. But you, you, in terms of actually organizing information, you can't do it. Facebook just isn't designed for that. So our forum is right now the best solution we've found for keeping track of stuff. It had been a forum or a wiki, but the forum really is more conducive to conversations. Mm-hmm. And you have uh, you have had a lot of wider community involvement. Just recently, over the last year, we had the giant uh, OGL debacle that I think most folks that are pay attention to gaming pay attention to. And in response to that, a lot of people question their use of the OGL. And just now, out is the fourth edition of basic fantasy role-playing game. So I'm curious how this happened because the community was a part of making this happen, correct? Oh, essential. Essential. And when the first person told me that they were canceling the OGL, I literally did not believe them. <laughs> I don't remember who that was that first, but I'm sure that person will remind me. But uh, but the, the first time I was told about it, I'm like, that, that, that can't be right. That can't be right. But people who created the OGL never thought it could be canceled, never thought it could be removed. So, you know... So uh, I didn't believe them, but and after did some more research, I came to the conclusion, yeah, that's exactly what they were doing. And I was incensed and considered my options and made a decision that we would change to the Creative Commons license, that we would do that. We thought at the time when we started that, that we would have to change a lot of flavor in the game. Mm-hmm. We discovered that there was an awful lot of flavor in the game that we derived from that they stole from other places that you know, go back beyond, before copyright. And there was a lot of things that were simply out of reach of copyright that we were able to retain after all. Fourth edition has grown. It has more monsters in it. We did did do some things to uh, to change or alter or to construct our own flavor. One of the things, if you're dealing with copyright, is their flavor text is absolutely the thing that they have copyright over. You can't really use anything like it. You have to be different. It turns out not to be that hard. Uh, <laughs> if you make your own flavor to replace it with. So we, we approach the approach it from that perspective. I think we've done pretty well. I am very happy with the results. I'm curious, was there any unique flavor that you've brought out specifically to basic fantasy? Because I was seeing a few things floating around as I was reading as things were changing. I, I'd like to hear some of that stuff. Are you asking about the Barclays? <laughs> I might be. You might be. We, when we thought we were going to have to change things, we were going through looking at, at the things that definitely came from myth or, uh, or history or legend that we knew we could retain. And when we got to the kobolds, we came to the conclusion that the flavor text associated with kobolds might be protectable. And so we were backing down from that. And we were actually constructing an entirely different kobold that was um, well more doggy, basically. <laughs> um, but then... Things changed. Um, new information became available. I don't want to go into that because it's, it would take a long time to explain the decision-making process. But we came to the conclusion that we could retain the reptilian kobolds that we had always had. But, I mean, Gabe Fua did a gorgeous picture. Yeah. Uh, and I couldn't throw that away. I could not. I couldn't pitch that out. And <laughs> I built a monster around that artwork, basically. Statistically, they're not far off of the kobold, but they are functionally different. People say, well, are they related? Both species are aware of the other, and neither one of them likes the other, and they get really mad if you ask if they're related. So the question is left to the game master to decide <laughs> if they actually are related or not. 
<laughs> Thanks for that. We we made we made a replacement for the uh, for the rust monster because we thought we were going to have to drop it, and it turns out it wasn't that protectable after all. And we uh, we we went back to it, but I already had artwork for the the Iron Bane, the new monster, and so we built a monster around it. And then there are a few things like we changed the dragons; they are now terrain based rather than color based. They're Colors are still recognizable and close to what they were to start with, but uh, we changed them. We added a giant. We added some other stuff. Um, I included a full full family of elementals from the actually from my Iron Falcon Handbook of Monsters elementals I had already created for that game, and uh, a bunch of stuff like that. Most of the changes, if you can call them changes, to the actual rules are in the sense of new monsters. And uh, but yet the old, if you have, you know, if you have an adventure written with an older monster statistic set in it, you can swap it out for an, for the new version. You can keep the old version. They're fully compatible no matter how you do it. I appreciate that. And that's one of the beauties mm-hmm. of, of basic fantasy role playing game to begin with was that it was already compatible with a lot of the old books that I did have. And I could use a lot of that stuff in the game pretty easy with minimal. I mean, I mean, I'm not going to say they're totally. Uh, the same when you look at like things like Swords of Wizardry, Basic Fantasy, uh, AD&D, uh, BX, but I can take any of those stat blocks and pretty much throw them into Basic Fantasy and run with that. And I love that about pretty it. Pretty close, pretty close. <laughs> no, when this debacle happened, we've talked to you since then, but but there was uh, a lot of folks seemed to jump and rise to the occasion. There was no profit incentive to, to get involved in this, correct? And there was... No, there's... there's the, we all do it for the love of the game. That was one of the things that stunned me. I put out a video and I put a post on the forum, uh, Manifesto, which is also a plan. I love it. And one of the things we had to do is we literally had to identify every piece of text we ever took out of the SRD so we could extract it, we could remove it. And we needed to do it in a fashion that we could document that we had done it so we could prove if anyone ever came and said, well, you stole from us. And they, I'd say, what did you steal? Because the law says you have to tell people what they stole. And I'd say, what did I steal? And they would tell me and I would point out in the, in the, in the thread where we discussed this exactly what happened. Well, a group of people I barely knew the existence of prior to this appeared out of nowhere and jumped in and started removing the SR, identifying the SRD text. And I mean, they did a stellar job um, and they did it fast. I don't know if it was it even a couple of days even. Uh, it, was, it was it was a couple of weeks, but I mean, they were they were chewing through the book. It was just I mean, you blink and that thread was 50, 60 pages already. <laughs> it was. It was. Yeah. And I, I, I am amazed and humbled at the response to that. It was astonishing. Yeah, it was all new people. Yeah. Yeah. I expected when I put that call out, I'd get the usual suspects with James at the lead. Well, before James even popped up, these guys are already doing it. And it's just like astounding. So I'm curious, James, you've been doing a lot of the editor type duties and stuff like that on the project. What was it like having all of these new people just pop up out of the blue? How did you handle that? How did you organize that? Could you give us an idea on how that all went down? I'll admit for the 40 core rules, that was done pretty much before I even had a chance to really dig in or coordinate. Uh, I know a couple of the key newer people did uh, work with Chris and they worked them on themselves to take different sections and or page ranges. But kind of like a lot of other projects, my role was probably still closer towards the end, getting ready for the official release of at least the first initial fourth edition documents. 
that was well after they had already gone through, scrubbed through the SRD, uh, working on those revised entries that Chris had mentioned. My key role as before was checking things, both as just regular proofing and editing, as well as still comparing against our style guide and everything else I've learned over the years and just making sure it was still all looking great. And those coming, especially from third edition, wouldn't see much, if any, of a change per se, besides just new material. And I I have to say, I'm going to take this opportunity publicly to apologize to you, James. I cannot have been easy (laughs) to work with all these years. I think we've both... We're both old and grumpy, um, and I mean, this change to the new license is still a very sore spot because we're still struggling with our field guides and our adventure anthologies because we have to get explicit permission from everybody who's uh, contributed stuff to relicense the new license. And if, if we can't get that, we can't update their stuff for it. We really want to get all of our entries in the field guide into a new big new combined edition, but we're still waiting to see who all is going to contribute to that. So a lot of that stuff that I'd worked really hard on for years and now with this change, uh, it did hit me pretty hard. And so it was nice to see all these new people come in to rush to help us. That that helped a lot. Yeah. I I I have to say that the, that those things do concern me. The, the field guys may be impossible to reproduce under Creative Commons. They might be, yeah. They never be able to find all the people that contributed. I'm redoing one adventure where I am fairly confident that one of the contributors is dead. Oh, I, I thought about that. We've been around for so long; it's it's bound to happen. Yeah, and I'm I am uh, operating under the assumption that I. But it, I looked and the, the exposure is small. The amount of material this particular person submitted is very small. I really doubt the estate of this individual is going to come back at me and tell me that I owe them money. What am I going to give my profits? Yeah. Still, it bothered me somewhat that I couldn't get consent for that. But I mean, it's advent- an adventure set is the BF1, uh, Morgansport. There are adventures in there that date back to Dragon's Foot that were created before BF1 existed as a book. And were then I then collected them. And I had one contributor that I've come to the conclusion he's either dead or he's in on Mars or something because you can't reach him. Oh, that's not that's not good. That's not good. No, uh, <laughs> fortunately, they're they haven't actually canceled the OGL, so we can continue to share the stuff we have under OGL on the website and for sale for the foreseeable future. Where the foreseeable future is five minutes, and that's about it. Who knows? Uh, what's going to happen? Who knows when they're going to get an urge to actually do the thing that they said they weren't going to do. And then they said they were going to do it. And then they said they weren't going to do. Yeah. We don't know. We know we can't trust them. That's, <laughs> and I said that when we started, when, when we were in the middle of this project, when they relented and allowed the UGL stuff to, to stand. And I said this, people were like, oh, why are you still going forward with the Creative Commons conversion? And I'm like, because we know we can't trust them. And we want to continue producing content, not just keep selling the things we've got, keep giving away the things we've got. We want to make new stuff. We want to keep making new stuff. And I mean, we have substantial works in progress. We have a Dungeon 23 community edition on the forum that is still going strong. We're going to have a 365 room, 12 level dungeon. Oh, nice. In print, probably by Christmas of 2024. If it'll probably take us a year to get the thing put together. But uh, but they're they're actually filling it up. We've got uh, uh, an, another a whole adventure series that is in works that I'm hoping to get out in the next wave of, of print releases. Um, a bunch of stuff. We've got uh, 
I, one guy has put out a collection of uh, pre-generated pre characters who can be used as NPCs or as PCs, although I don't know as a game master if I'd want to allow that. But it, hey, if you want to do it, that's fine. But they make fantastic NPCs, and they're all linked together and so forth. Um, that's Todd Lyons. Crescingon's Kotiri. I hope I pronounced that right. <laughs> so we've added into Terra Toseth, and I am going to pronounce that wrong because there's an extra S in there that I, my, my tongue can't figure out. <laughs> but uh, that's... Um, Oh, God. What is that author's name, James? Oh, gosh. I'm trying to remember. Well, one thing I want to hit on so that folks, if folks are listening in their new two basic fantasy role-playing game is the price point that this game is always available for free online out there for the most part. And, right. and, and now there's a change, like you've mentioned change in the licensing. What sort of it's not for the most part you're, <laughs> you're missing saying that it's all out there for free everything we have on the forum is free complete or incomplete good or bad it's all out there for you if you can if you've got a use for it go for it as far as print edition goes we make i don't make nothing but i make very very little off of them. now people have commented the prices have gone up i don't know how amazon did this they managed to actually do a price increase on the day i released the book yeah <laughs> Uh, and it's they're they're getting they're reaping the benefits, not me. Um, well, and it's still um, a physical copy of the book. Is I believe when I looked last, it's eight dollars. Yeah, something like that. It's it's not it's not like you're spent like some of these it's, games. You got to spend fifty dollars for three books. It's one hundred and fifty bucks compared to the eight dollars. It's less than like right. Yeah. <laughs> it's still, a, you still get most everything we have in print for about the price of one of the other guys' players' handbooks. So yeah. And one of the, they're great. And what I have done, because it's a game that I've ran quite a few times and I don't, I haven't ran a long campaign for it, but I've done a lot of smaller campaigns and, and, and stuff like that with basic fantasy role-playing game. I've got a lot of the stuff because there's so much content that was released that are on the basic fantasy role-playing game site that I just print out and put in three by five, like a, like a, like a three ring binder that I have just set up for my basic fantasy role-playing game, DMing and stuff like that. I don't actually use any of the adventure books that are in print when I run adventures. I print copies so I can mark the heck out of them. <laughs> um, and they're made to be marked. And then I have to remember, yes, and I have to remember where I put them. But uh, <laughs> I, I had, I've got an online group that has managed to wander from side quest to side quest and, and, and are thoroughly lost at this point, I think. <laughs> that uh, I've got this stack of adventures that as they rewind out of their side quests, I'm going to have to find. Uh, we're coming close to close to time here. So before we get off, I just want to, I want to see, I, I I like the community aspect of this a lot. And I'm excited about the fourth edition. I still haven't picked up a copy of the fourth edition yet. Uh, probably very soon. I'll be picking I up a fourth just edition. just downloaded it. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try to get me a print copy because I love it. And I've, I've got a whole like little basic fantasy role-playing game section with, with, I think I got most of the books from the third edition. I'm not, I think there may have been one or two that popped out that I missed on. Uh, but before we go, I just want to hit back on a, a, a couple things. We talked about the community around it and the folks playing and, and then the licensing. I want to be clear on the licensing that exists now. Are, like, Because before it was under the OGL and folks were largely doing, if they were doing something for it, they were doing something there at the, on the, what's the word I'm looking for? The message board on the basic fantasy role-playing game site. With the Creative Commons license, does that change the dynamics of things? at all legally or how does that work not really except that now i can actually use the names of other games which is really a relief 
mm. that uh, clause seven of the OGL is a royal pain in the behind. <laughs> um, and it's 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 makes me happy that it that it that I'm not no longer under that restriction. I still don't have an urge to talk about other games, but at least now I don't have to remember not to. <laughs> but uh, no, the Creative Commons license is more free, more open uh, in, in most ways than the OGL. We do use a share alike writer on it, meaning that if anybody publishes a game based on our materials, they're required to share their uh, original text under the same kind of license. Mm -hmm. um, I have had a, a small handful of people who have complained about this. Most people don't. It's a community project. People who are in the community already want to share. So it's not a problem to them to be told, hey, you have to share. It's like, well, I was going to anyway. Yeah, uh, I like that. <laughs> I love that. I'll try to be brief on this. People are offended by the thought that they give something away for free and somebody else make a profit off of it. I'm offended by the thought that I give something away for free and people make a profit off of it. But it's a different offense. I'm not offended <laughs> I'm not making the profit. I am offended because they're you know, out there, you know, riding off of our coattails and not contributing back to us, which is why there's a share like on the on the mm -hmm. license. They're supposed to share it back. We shared it. You should share it. Unless you think you're better than us. If you think you're better than us, go write your own game. Uh, <laughs> I, I was told the other day that I'm fun grumpy. I don't know what that means. <laughs> anyway, that's my attitude. If 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 you want to use what we've shared, we expect you to be the same kind of person we are and share. I, I really love that. I appreciate that. I, I like I like that approach to gaming. It, keep it in the community. Share. That's that's great stuff. Now we're about out of time. Could y'all, uh, James and Chris, could you let the listeners know where they can go get involved, where they can check things out and pick things up and and find y'all online and, and be a part of this project and play the game? Take it, James. Uh, sure. Our website is www.basicfantasy.org. And on our main page, you can find links to our forums, uh, to our downloads. And we have a brand new uh, online SRD for the fourth edition. So you can use that as well. And on the forums, you can usually find us pretty easily. Chris's handle is Solomaria and mine is Chisu81. And you're welcome to uh, reply in a thread or you can private message one or both of us if you have any questions. Uh, or like we say, just go ahead and dive into one of our main uh, general discussion or workshop threads. Contribute as much or as little as you feel comfortable with and we'll help you do your best. I'm going to add one thing to that. Send me a private message if you want to know things about how to participate in our group. If you don't understand something that somebody's doing, if you think somebody's doing something that they ought not be doing or whatever. If you've got a question about the game, post it in general discussion. Because nine times out of ten, you're going to get an answer from Demirag, Martin Serena, a day before I see the message. Excellent. And his answers are as good as mine. The man reads my mind. I don't know how he does it. He's in Argentina and I'm in the United States and he reads my mind. Or if it's not him, it's going to be somebody else with a good answer, or maybe 15 different good answers. But if you ask a question in the forum in public, your answer benefits people who didn't even get around asking the question yet. If you ask me the question and I answer it for you, you're the only one that gets an answer. Um, so message us if you've got questions about participating. But if you've got questions about the game, put it out there for us. Excellent. We want, it, we want to see it. Is there any uh, links or anything like that that you all would like to give the folks that they can, or any uh, social media they can follow or anything like that? Because you do the your YouTube, correct? 
I have a YouTube channel. I actually will have to send you the link, I suppose. We'll, 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 I'll make sure we're going to put a post up to accompany this, and there will be a link directly to your YouTube channel. Like and yeah. subscribe. <laughs> we, have a, we, have a we have a basic fantasy RPG page and a group on Facebook, but the page is almost useless other than for people liking it. Everything happens. It's a community. Everything happens in the group if somebody wants to say something. We have a Discord the Discord and the Facebook are linked from the main page off of www.basicfantasy.org. So you don't even need a link for that. Just go to the main site and click the button and, and go straight on to our Facebook or our Discord. Excellent. Um, and I'll get you a link for my YouTube. I don't have that out there. My YouTube is not just basic fantasy subjects, so I haven't posted it on the main page. But. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, Blue, is there? Uh, where can folks find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at that blue wizard on Instagram. And if you check out hoboscollective.com, you'll find a, a, a post there for this episode with links to everything we talked about from our sponsors to the basic fantasy role-playing game to the, the YouTube channel and probably a few other things that I find along the way. I want to thank you all for listening. You can find me on uh, Twitter or Instagram or other places at Logar Hale Crom. You can back us on Patreon backslash at Logar Hale Crom. And as always... Keep those dice rolling.